Tandem Nomads, episode 150. And that is the move of the future. So no matter where you're on assignment, don't let your location limit you in what you're going to be able to build. A few features that I think are key to living out the, the nomad life with an expat partner. Hello, Nomad Nation. Welcome to Tandem Nomads, the podcast show and entrepreneurship platform where you can find great inspiration and tips to grow a successful portable business and thrive in your global nomadic life. This is your host, Emel Deregi. I'm a business and marketing coach and the founder of Tandem Nomads. Today, I want to share with you a really inspiring story of an expert partner and beyond serial entrepreneur who managed to build multiple businesses on the move and is starting now again a new entrepreneurial journey, a fascinating journey. And I want him to share with you how he came up with his idea, but also what he's learned from his experience. I'm excited to have you here. Andrew, are you ready for the ride? I am totally ready for this. Uh, it's an honor really to be on Tano Nomads. Thank you. My true pleasure to have you here. So Nomad Nation, Andrew Jernigan is a serial entrepreneur, husband to a global health physician or travel med doctor, father of three TCKs. And he recently relocated from the US to Brazil again due to his wife's career progression. Andrew and his wife lived and worked across four continents with the family perspective that their whole lifestyle will be along global living. Andrew is one of the co-founders and CEO of an insurance startup called Insured Nomads, an international insurance company for travelers, digital nomads, and expats on the move. So Andrew, this is, you know, just a very short, short uh, introduction to who you are. I actually wanted uh, our listeners to know a little bit more about this amazing journey that you had on the move. You've moved in several countries with your family. So could you summarize a little bit your journey as an expat and what you've done in the different locations? Yes, it's, it's a privilege. Really, my wife, right before I met her, she decided that she was destined to be a doctor in Africa. Soon thereafter, we met Ruth Van Rieken, the author of, co-author of the Third Culture Child book that we all love, and, and she has been just a mentor and role model in our life. Uh, we did make it to Ghana, Africa, and spent about three years there. I had already lived in the Netherlands and worked there at that time. She had already lived in Switzerland and had traveled the world a bit, so we knew that this was part of it. So along the way, I became a global mobility specialist, and uh, you know, we just that entrepreneurial blood was already boiling in me since since adolescence, really. Uh-huh. But the challenges of doing that across borders are much harder. So mm-hmm. you know, learning how to do that and recreating yourself are some of the things that I'll talk about today, because yeah. that is that's one of the keys in this transitionary lifestyle once you take this on you've you've had the bug bite you that you've got to keep recreating yourself i want you to tell us a bit more about that journey like which countries you've been through and what did you do so that we understand the amplitude of the inventions you had on your journey as the expat going abroad but also as the expat partner following your wife on this journey 
Well, uh, my first venture was actually back when there, we didn't have unlimited internet. I'm only 46, but hey, <laughs> it hasn't been that long since we had to dial up and pay per minute or per baud actually when you're connected online. So I owned a design company, hosting firm, and that was based in Brazil. Okay. Then we moved to the U.S. and that continued. And that was in the late 90s, early 2000s. And from there, we moved to Ghana, West Africa. And, and that was for your spouse's job? That was for my spouse's job. Okay. I created the internet marketing web design hosting company when I lived in Brazil because she is Brazilian. Oh, so nah. that we got married here in Brazil and that was what I did in that startup wow. to sustain myself and be creative through that portion. But then she, I married her knowing that she wanted to become a doctor in Africa. Mm -hmm. We found a place and then I wondered, what am I going to do? Yeah. It was obvious that she was going there for that, but you know, it, it was another time to, in, to dream. What was it that I wanted to accomplish there? And, and the gifts just started manifesting of, you know, the skills and desires from, you know, let's, let's provide boreholes, provide wells in villages that don't have running water. Wow. Uh, so that was another business that you started there? No, that was just service. Wow. We okay. were with a nonprofit organization. So it was finding needs and filling them. You know, let's build an operating theater. Let's build a new building here. Let's expand housing. And I'm not the sort that even hangs a picture on the wall, much less builds buildings. <laughs> so as she ran this clinic that became a, it was a health post that became a clinic that soon became in their eyes a hospital. Wow. So along the way, I was the one running the construction and the things that I had no idea what I'd be doing as I followed her career as a doctor in Africa. And from there, we, we journeyed back to Brazil and she got a job in, as, with a multinational company here. So okay. again, it was a thing of, okay, what do I do? Do I get a work visa? I did. Learn the language, got that down. Got hired. That was interesting. Huh. Uh, worked for an, an American company in Brazil. And then from there, I was hired to move to the U.S. She quit her incredible job to follow me to the U.S. Nice. And she decided she'd further her education. So again, it flipped. Various times it, it flips from her to myself and realizing, okay, let's, let's value each other's careers equally. Yeah. So in the U.S., what did you do? I was hired from Brazil to move to, the, to California to manage a nonprofit organization there. At some point, you became also insurance broker. When yes, did that, that happen? Was, that was in California okay. and began working in the international insurance market. My wife being a travel doc, we had seen so many things happen. And so representing the giants, the international, Sigma Global, and about 27 companies in all, specialized in the expats, cross-border citizen. So that developed in California. We developed a program to provide care and counseling for those who were 
transitioning across borders and the damages associated with that or the side effects. Yeah. And uh, then, you know, during that time, my wife was furthering her career, got her MBA, got her master's in public health as well. And she was recruited to move back to Brazil. And here we are. And here we are starting yes. another entrepreneurial journey with insured, yes. uh, insured nomads, which is one of yes. your, your, this is basically your third company that you're starting, right? Oh, there are a few more, but three more, Yeah, but, a few more, but uh, insured nomads is exciting because it's actually sure on the insured expat side, we represent all the global companies still, but insured nomads has its own product insured by Lloyd's backed by Lloyd's of London and, but it's in partnership with not for sale, which fights human trafficking all around the world. So powerful. So we're a cause based venture. That's amazing. So I want you to tell us more about insured nomads. Uh, we're going to spend a little bit of time on that, but before why I'd like to know about your experience as a male expat partner moving from a place to another for your wife's career. And you had kids along the way, which means that you were in charge also of the family, the household, while also trying to manage your own business on the side. I'd love to know while going through this journey, first of all, I think Nomad Nation, you can see the amplitude of the number of reinventions you had, Andrew, but what were your biggest challenges through this journey and how did you deal with them? I think that I, I didn't address the challenges until a climactic point when I had a heart attack and bypass surgery. Wow. I was 40 years old and working across time zones with this, uh, with an organization that had operations in over 30 countries. And that can be a killer if you're working from an orphan mentality, trying to prove your worth to yourself, your partner, your colleagues, your family. And it, it really showed me, you've got to slow down. The world needs you in peace. Mm. You know, during one of our seasons of transition, several years ago, we were in the mall in Johannesburg, when I picked up a book by John Ortberg titled Soul Keeping. I walked away with a summary of this life-changing book, becoming my, with the mantra mm -hmm. of hurry is my enemy. Hmm. See, about a year before reading Soul Keeping, I had a, that heart attack, bypass surgery that brought me to the place of realizing that I needed to slow down and learn to enjoy life, to be whole, be there for those in life that are important to me. Mm. So I realized that, you know, I had to give, we have to give ourselves permission to slow down and live. That's important. I'd just like to see, I mean, to understand a little bit what was the connection between the heart attack and and in your situation, the link here, was it that you were trying to do too much to prove yourself yeah. that you could have your own thing while living on the move? Well, I think a lot of times we don't slow down enough to take care of ourselves emotionally. Mm. We rush through life and we don't take care of ourselves. A lot of times there's so much going on mm. that in this hurried environment that we live in, 
and the pressures we place on ourselves that we don't take the time to take care of ourselves. That's such an important message. Yes. What would you have done differently? Hindsight. Um, well, once I, once I, you know, I decided to capture that whole book in, a, in that one statement, the hurry mm-hmm. is my enemy. Yeah. I told my kids, tell it back to me, stop me. I'm saying, hurry up, hurry up, we're late. You know, I'm one of those that likes to get everywhere 20 minutes early, but you can still be there early without rushing around and getting, mm. putting yourself under pressure. Yeah, so the pressure, putting the, less pressure on yourself. Right. That's a great message, yeah. I know so yeah. many people, being expat partners or not, they try to prove themselves so much, to try to do everything, and it can be really hard sometimes to deal with that pressure we put on ourselves. Mm-hmm. So that's We've got to be... Really, we've got to be ready to reinvent ourselves repeatedly when we're in this lifestyle. Mm. And, you know, change, change has come in both of our careers. There was an ideology that came with us from the Industrial Revolution that went into the core of our identity, I think, that, that has its roots that we all would work 40 years in the same factory, the same store, the same company and walk away with a pension. Mm. You know, most companies these days don't anticipate that, but we still have that way down deep in our roots that, Oh no, I'm shifting again. What do people think? Or what's my retirement going to be? But these days everyone's at changing their whole lifestyle every couple of years. And we've got to get that in our mindset that it's okay. Remote work and digital nomad lifestyle has become normal. The Uber effect, gig economy, where sharing goods and services is transforming the workplace so that we can take on work from one company and then another. So we've got to give ourselves the chance to begin again. Yeah. I think that's an important thing to understand. Our society has changed and we talk a lot about it and Tandem Nomads have a whole episode about that, the importance to live in our time. If we're expecting to have that career, nine to five jobs, it's over even for those who are not expats. It's, it, is, it is the, the workspace, the future of work has changed and, and the gig economy, like you said, which we just have to reinvent the way we look at career and work. So my next question regarding that was the pressure on your shoulders also to, to the fact that you were a male following your spouse? Absolutely. It's, it's often seen as quite strange that, you know, well, what do you do? Or, Mm. you know, you kind of have to make something up that during that season of transition, and the same thing on her side, when, when the roles were switched, you know, it's, well, I'm a housewife or I'm a house dad. You know, mm-hmm. most of our marriage, I'm the one going to PTA meetings <laughs> and that's totally okay. Yeah. You know, I'm cheering her on as she's last week, she was in Denmark and this week she's in the U S Yeah. and tonight I was saying, oh no, what's for dinner again? (laughs) (laughs) You know, planning the meals and cleaning the house. And, you know, that's totally wonderful because in a relationship, marriage, parenting, career, it's teamwork, 100%. Yeah. 
you know, there's not one person that's more important than another. And the first time we allow that mentality to come in, then things are going downhill. We yeah. can't allow blame or resentment to come in at all. And, you know, it's not 50-50, but 100%. Yeah. Now, that's not important. To get, we've got to outgive each other, outserve each other. Because the more we expect to gain versus give, it's, it turns sour. We're talking about the pressures of being the, the male, which is the same as the pressures of being the female. When you're the, the old-fashioned way of saying it, the trailing spouse, exactly. it's, which is horrible because we're not trailing. We're victorious as the spouse that's along for an incredible ride. We're not along for a ride. We're creating our life. Yeah. It's a choice we've made. And so to joyfully embrace the cooking, the cleaning, the freedom to reinvent yourself again. That's a wonderful message. Yeah, it's a challenge. Especially when you have to realize you've got to be flexible with yourself. Yeah. You can't put yourself in a box of, okay, I'm at home, so I'm, I have nothing to do. I'll just binge watch. Or I'm at home, so I've got to have the house perfectly clean. Yeah. I'm so, happy. My house is very clean today. <laughs> <laughs> but I love the fact that you shared the message of the importance to support each other in the relationship. And you're so comfortable with your role and that shows strength for me. Yeah. Well, it helps to be married to such an incredible woman. (laughs) That's lovely. I hope she's listening. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Love is important all around this. And it's funny, Nomad Nation, you know, I've been interviewing a lot of men as expat partners and every single one brings up love. And that's what I love about our expat partners, uh, male expat partners. So thank you for reminding that important factor of love. And now I want to talk about your business idea that you came up with the insured nomad. So what triggered you to start this new business? Besides the, the recent relocation, which gave the permission to be reborn again, (laughs) I have spent years in this space and have seen the weaknesses, the strengths, and as a justice fighter myself, I hate to see it where people are fighting to get their claims paid. They're fighting for reimbursement from insurance companies. They're disappointed that they didn't read the fine print. And the sadness that so many insurance policies are just making corporations filthy rich. Mm. And there's not a lot of give back. So having the, the network and knowing who the, the key companies are that could make it happen in a way that's better. I, along with some others, have founded Insured Nomads to create a better product at a good price that gives back. That's amazing. And I want to highlight what you said because this is one of the most important things that uh, for those of you who are looking for a business idea – is to find the problem, find the gap in the market that's not being fulfilled. And this is what you're doing here, Andrew, with this idea. And what I loved about 
uh, our first conversation. This is why I wanted to invite you on top of your amazing mindset around your experience as an expert partner, but also as an entrepreneur, the fact that you've taken the time to understand the challenges of your potential clients. And I so well can imagine how frustrating it is to have to call the insurance and they will always find a reason why they don't have to pay back. They will always you know, find also the time to answer like weeks after or have to call back again and again. And you did such a good job at identifying that and now wanting to fix that problem. So how are you fixing that problem? How are you actually making, how can you make it different and better? Well, one, it's providing a stronger policy. Now, a lot of people think, okay, my credit card covers it, but they don't read the fine print to realize, okay, the typical accident is going to cost a whole lot more than, than what the credit card would cover. Or buying a policy during the airline ticket process that is too weak. So creating something that is strong enough to actually cover the need without having to charge a fortune for it. Mm-hmm. Secondly, partnering with an underwriter that has a great customer service and claims record for many, many mm-hmm. years. And then the third piece to answer your question, is partnering with Not For Sale, which is a multinational uh, nonprofit that has a proven track record for funding and really rescuing the children, women, men that are being trafficked either for commercial purposes or in the sex Mm -hmm. trade. So, our goal is to provide the, a phenomenal product you know, that even, even covers a stolen laptop or cell phone, which most travel insurance doesn't cover. So it's not just a phenomenal product, but the impact that is not just protecting the traveler, but protecting the vulnerable. That's amazing. You truly want to make an impact while, while running this business that itself, it's fixing a problem for a lot of nomads and expats who need to be insured on, on the move. You know, I want to speak to one thing, if I could. As the partner starting a business, there is the idea of, well, I don't have the bankroll mm. to do it. If I think back to starting the web design company and outsourcing that to India, that was one of those to where it was actually very successful. 20 years ago almost, but it wasn't a huge bankrolled venture. It was from the bedroom in Brazil, from the side office, the dining room table, and bootstrapping it, taking it slow and learning, getting the resources to do it is the preferred way, actually. I think we've all heard that some of the computers we use started in a garage in California. You know, some of the incredible inventions were started just like we're talking about today. And I highly recommend the ebook or physical book by Peter Levels titled Make, A Bootstrapper's Handbook. Fabulous. I'll put the link on the show notes of this episode. So Nomad Nation, to find those links, you have two books that you recommended already that I I highly Mm -hmm. recommend you to check it out. So go to tandemnomads.com slash 150 and we'll put the links there. But I love that message about bootstrapping. In other words, um, I think bootstrapping is also a lot about not trying to be perfect right away. Just start somewhere, in other words, 
and do something and grow and fix the process as you move forward. And I think that's, that's a great message that you're sharing here. How about now you've done, what happened to that company that you bootstrapped? Uh, it was successful, but then we moved overseas. it was local. And so it was, it was local, okay. regional. So are you thinking now of, of making, I guess now Insured Nomads is a more portable business, isn't it? It is, and it's got incredible uh, partners. And so it's, it's a multinational based in the U.S. And of course, I'm in Brazil a lot of the year where we travel a lot as a digital nomad. That's the fun part about the, our work is that we don't have to be nailed down to a, yeah, to a table. So, so good. So what are the steps you took once you came up with this idea? I guess the first part was that I had to find the, um, the partners because we knew we wanted to be a cause-based mm-hmm. company, but we also knew that we needed to have the strength to be backed. You can't start, you can't run an insurance company without the, the financial strength to be able to cl- pay out multi-million dollar claims. So this is unlike any venture that I've done before. They've been much more uh, bootstrapped, as I mentioned earlier, but this one, we've had to come up with the partners to make it happen. So once you found the partners, what was the next step for you? It is a journey now to find the, the clients. The brokers, the intermediaries, the the publishing partners, the aggregators, all the channel distribution partners, getting on, uh, getting our products featured, gaining the right team members now on board for marketing, for PR, um, and maintaining the collaborative management from a distance since we have advisors in the Bay Area, in London, and, uh, you know, legal counsel is in one state while another is in a different country. And the, the joys of being able to do it all from different locations. I I wanted to bring you in here, Andrew, because I think your business is kind of quite different from a lot of the people I've interviewed on the podcast where it's not just you in this business, you have started this with multiple partners. So could you tell us who are involved in this business and what is your role in this business? Well, since I am the licensed individual in the insurance world, I'm, I'm the one that deals with the actual um, legalities of product design and coordinating with underwriters and that sort of, sort of issue. As a, as a startup and as a CEO, I coordinate with our chief legal counsel who is in the U.S. on the East Coast, and then with our advisors, which I've mentioned previously, that they've had years in the with startups that have gone very successful, multinational startups, and that's that's exciting. Our marketing uh, person that I just got a phone with, just I guess it was yesterday. For our nonprofit side, it's not for sale. For us, not for sale is such an integral part of us that they have a voice into how we run the business. We were birthed with the vision to generate a lot of money to do a lot of good 
versus just let's let's be another insurance mm. giant that's filling our shareholders' pockets. Our shareholders are the vulnerable and the exploited. So, so yeah, when I say partners and I talk about not for sale, our partnership is so strong with them that they have a voice in how we do business. That's amazing. And actually in, in marketing and business strategy world words, I would say that's part of your value proposition. That's the important differentiation value of your business idea is to have this strong partnership that even when I ask you, who are the stakeholders? You said, well, they are because they're part interesting part of our value proposition. That's what makes us different from everything yes. else. Other than the, than the leadership at not for sale, it's my wife and myself. Okay. And I think whether it is legally, which in this case it is, she is a, you know, she got her master's in business administration as an MD and a master's in public health and went to Liverpool School of Tropical Medicine and Travel Medicine. Uh, specialization. So she's incredibly talented, but even if it's not on paper, if we're married, I think our spouse has to have total ownership of what we're doing in business as a, as an That's expat. Important. I love that you brought that up. So you're, you're the co-owners of this company, if I understand well, and then Absolutely. you built many different strategic partnerships with different people who come into place in order to execute the idea. Excellent. Yes. So you see, this is a really an amazing inspiration. I think to a lot of people, I don't know, Nomad Nation, if you're one of those who say, but I don't want to be a coach. I've heard this so many times. I don't want to be a coach. I want to build a real business. So first of all, coaching is a real business, but if you want Absolutely. to build this kind of companies, I think Andrew is a great inspiration of like how to structure what you've built you have two co-owners, but you've also thought really through your partnerships in order to grow this business. And I do think that partnerships are a huge way to actually monetize, but also develop a business idea and make it like create the potential of growth and fast growth. Yeah, absolutely. You know, our, our, I would almost say business partner because we couldn't exist without our underwriter. So every, every Tuesday, but often other days, such as today and Monday of this week, we had calls with our underwriters. For those who are not in the industry, could you explain what's an underwriter? The underwriter is the person who evaluates a policy, mm -hmm. an application, to determine if they want to insure the person. Because if the financial risk is too high, say the person already has a, a fatal disease, they're not going to insure their health. Okay. Right. Or if they will, they'll exclude everything they've already got that's sick, which is sad, but you know, they're yeah. going to lose money. So the same thing, when a crisis comes, 24 hours a day, they've got to be on call to order that ambulance, that air ambulance. Mm -hmm. If someone has a, motor, a moped accident, falls off their Vespa and breaks their neck in Italy, we've got to have somebody ready to order that air ambulance to fly them back to nice. New York or back to Joburg. So they also work with us with the creation of new products, such as we have after the first of the year, we'll have a new product for students and annual, you know, for those who are studying abroad and if they're taking their spouse or their kids along, even if they're doing their masters in, in the Netherlands, that's a specialized insurance product. Interesting. Right interesting. So you're working with, in a way you're outsourcing Absolutely. the 
the execution of the insurance and the 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 filing of the insurance and the treatment of the insurance mm-hmm. through outside um actors stakeholders that you also call your partners because right. it's not just an outsource it's important to have a close relationship with them absolutely and it's it's key to realize that we outsource so many things whether we're just our mm-hmm. linkedin presence we're outsourcing our billboard our personal billboard to facebook mm-hmm. and linkedin or our how our shopping cart is going to be mechanized is going to maybe shopify or our rating program where people give reviews would be outsourced to Trustpilot. You know, things that we've got to have good tools in place. Excellent. Yeah, very important. So I think this can help a little bit those who want to build a business understand a little bit how it can work. I would say first, solve a problem, find what gap you can fill in the market like you did, Andrew. The second one, find out what is your value proposition. And that's a lot what I say to my clients. When you have a business idea that other people do, there's so many insurances out there. And how can you be different? So your value proposition is to place your partnership with the NGO at the center of your company's um, way of working and, and everything turns around it. So that's also a big, but you also mentioned the importance of the customer service, which was a big deal also for, for your value proposition. And then your two people involved in this business, your wife works, but she's a co-owner of the company. But in order to execute this huge idea, it's a huge idea, by the way, to be insuring nomads around the world, you've partnered with different key players. Right. And then the, just build the distribution channel. So every day we're contracting with insurance brokerage mm-hmm. firms to actually sell the product. Sure, we sell on our website, but then having affiliate partners that have travel blogs, that have things like that, to have an affiliate marketing program, but then with major brokerage firms so that they insure the colleges, the university students, the, the group plans through us. Because you can build it, but if, if they don't know how to purchase that's the challenge. So sure, it's a small team, but it's, it's having the channels to actually get it out. Yeah. And I think that's what makes your business portable. Although your business is, is something that usually you need an office <laughs> to be able to run it, you've managed to make it portable by building this network of, of key partners from inception to distribution. Right. And that is more of an old fashioned mindset mm-hmm. too, though, that you need brick and mortar. So, and it's my thought too, you know, you've got to have a building, but it's WordPress, one of the biggest platforms for content management, for blogging, for corporate websites. Yeah. It's all remote. It's, they allow people to work from all over the world. And that is the move of the future. So no matter where you're on assignment, Don't let your location limit you in what you're going to be able to build. Again, I'll revert back to that book. Check the links on on Tandem Nomads because that book, Make, the bootstrapping handbook, is so worth it. So good. Uh, we We will reach out that. And have you used the business model canvas to plan your business? I haven't. Okay. So I will, for those of you who are listening, I'm just, uh, I just find your business idea so fascinating that I think there's a tool that can help 
anyone who wants to build such a more complex business model to use the business model Canva. And I will put the link of the video tutorial of how to do it um, in order to come up with how can I have this insurance company? How can I now bring it to reality? What are the key players that I need to have? What is the differentiation value? So that is going to help a lot uh, to do that. So Nomad Nation, on top of the great books of Andrew, I would uh, highly recommend you to check the business model Canva. And this is especially for those of you who want to build a more complex business model that's not necessarily related to coaching or one-on-one service, but a more developed business with a more complex business model. So that's just wanted to share that. And also how to make it portable, which is a great example here, how you manage to do that. That's exciting. Is it, are you Canva? That is the design company, right? The, no, Canva, no, the design company canva.com does graphic design, has nothing to yeah. do with that. Business okay. model Canva is actually a, a consulting firm that has created a consultant who has created this methodology to be able to map out your business model. When you have an idea, how do you bring it to reality and what are the different components in, to consider in order to like really take this step by step and think about every single piece of this business idea to bring it to reality. Excellent. I look forward to checking the links out on, yeah. this, on this podcast page. Wonderful. Yeah. It would be good to see what you think about it. I'd love to hear that. So, yeah. uh, so everybody been... comment on the page. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so thank you so much for sharing this great experience. I'd like to know what's the next step for you and how can we find you? Well, the easiest way is on social media, and I'm sure you'll have the links on this, but insurednomads.com is our company website, and Andrew Jernigan on social media. Fantastic. But look forward to, to following along the way, and there's always such great dialogue on the Tandem Nomads Facebook group. So if you're yes. not in the Facebook group and you're listening to the podcast, I encourage you to go over on Facebook, join the group there, and contribute join in the dialogue you're so good thank you angie together is always better you know we can exactly. help each other as we as we refer each other to to the things we've experienced that are great and you provide it. such incredible business consulting thank you so much angie for your kind words i really i'm impressed with your journey and i can't wait to follow it and nomad nation as andrew said come join us on tandem nomads facebook group because Andrew is there if you want to ask him any questions and want to know more about his business. But I will also put all the information of Andrew on the webpage of this episode on tandemnomads.com slash 150. Before we say goodbye, is there any one last word you want to share? Uh, one key lesson that you've learned from your experience and you want to leave our listeners with? The one thing that I'd like to leave with everyone is to serve others. Let your life be a life of, of giving. Give to yourself, give to your partner, but give to those in this, this wild journey that we're on, those around you. Share the things you learn and let's help each other out. I love that. Thank you so much for these great words of wisdom and Nomad Nation. I hope that you get a lot of inspiration from Andrew's great story. And I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, stay tuned to turn your challenges into great opportunities.